We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. You deserve a checking account that always goes for two, as in 2% cash back. Earn more on everyday purchases with a cash back checking account at Emprise Bank. Visit EmpriseBank.com. Member FDIC, our partner in possible. Really appreciate them. All they've done for KC Sports Network, KC Laboratory. It's been really great to partner with them. And it's always great to partner with my dear pals here. First find them on Twitter at Chief in Carolina, Maddie Lane. Hello. Kate, you know what's really great about Emprise and this 2% cash back? We what? can pool our 2% cash back together and use that to bring Odell Beckham Jr. to the Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> because we're getting so much extra back from Emprise Bank if you use them. So, you know, this is great. But here it is. If you're a Chiefs fan and you want Odell Beckham Jr., you need to go get with Emprise Bank right now. Literally, stop this podcast, go drive, get this figured out, get on Emprise Bank's payroll right now. We'll get them on your payroll since they're paying you money practically just to use them, guys. Let's go. Craig, get out there. You're close. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's awesome. I'll, I'll do that right away, especially since he's probably a league minimum deal. <laughs> if we pull enough of us together, we might be able to do that. Unfortunately, no Odell Beckham Jr. news before we record this podcast previewing the Raiders, which is fine because he probably wouldn't have played anyway. If he signs, be on the lookout. We'll, we'll, we'll get you covered there. Film reviews, we'll have podcasts, we'll have, we'll have stuff for you. So be on the lookout if he does sign with the Kansas City Chief. But we got a division game this week, Kent. Do it, do it, do do the Raiders thing. Do it. Do I'm it, not gonna. I, we'll see if it if 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 I feel led to do it later. We might do it at some. You should time. do it right now. No, do I don't. Right. I don't want to say. There it is. I am so. I am. I'm. I'm actually pretty pumped up about this one. I genuinely want to bop these nerds in Vegas. Oh. I, I just, the Raiders, okay, like, you know, like, Raider Week was, like, this massive thing with Marty, and it feels like maybe different iterations of the Chiefs fandom maybe haven't kept that same energy, and, like, it kind of variates, vary, there's some variations and some fluctuations to it. Maybe it's just all of the angst of this team underperforming, but I would love to just put a nail in the coffin of the Las Vegas Raiders and their season. I want to absolutely embarrass them in the Roomba in Vegas and then later in the season in Kansas City. I might rent a bus when we're in Vegas oh. 
just to drive around the Roomba. So, yeah, I'm a little excited about this game, and we have plenty to discuss. I feel left out. I'm going to be honest. I feel left out. I I don't have the same energy you guys have for this game. Mm -hmm. I think I almost feel bad for the franchise because of everything that has happened over the last couple weeks. Three weeks ago, this game was going to be huge. But it just... No head coach. They're losing players left and right for being just absolute wild cards. I mean, that's nobody else's fault but their own. Don't get me wrong. It's just the the game lost some of its luster once all these things started to happen because it kind of looks like they're definitely on the downswing. They're not playing near as well as they were before. So just, you know, it's nice. It's going to be fun to beat them. Don't get me wrong. But just I don't have the same energy level you guys seem to be bringing about this game because, like, I don't think the Chiefs could hand them a bigger L than they've taken these last few weeks already. There, there's just, I mean, yes, obviously, but there's just a extremely loud, obnoxious sector of Raiders fans that makes me want them to just, I, I just want them to be on national television just getting embarrassed. Is this animosity because you were once called the Chiefs version of Raiders Cody? Is that is why you were I so I wasn't angry? going to say his name. I did no, not want I, to give him the satisfaction of that no, name. I'm not calling him my, out. I'm asking if you're upset that you were called the Chiefs version of him. It's it's it cuts it cuts to the core. <laughs> that one cuts to the core a little bit. Should we talk about this team? That let's let's go ahead. Let's get on the whoever's offense. left. I guess. <laughs> let's talk about the offensive side of the football here. Uh, for your Kansas City Chiefs, the struggling offense. For your Kansas City Chiefs, it's it's uh, there's a there's a there's a lot of work still to be done. I think there was some positive signs, especially that final drive against the Packers. A little bit under five minutes left, they needed to ice that thing. They did it. They did it with some big plays, some creativity, and some creation out of structure by Patrick Mahomes. Connection, chemistry with Tyreek Hill. A lot of the components that you're accustomed to with this team were part of that final drive. Hopefully that's a sign. Maybe maybe they can build some momentum off of this, Maddie. And I'm going to kind of take you through, I guess, my process throughout this lead up here. Watching this game back against the Packers, I felt really good. I actually think the Chiefs offense did a lot of good stuff. They did go into that Packers game and adjusted a lot of stuff. They got Kelsey out of being isolated a lot on the backside of these three-by-one formations. They got Tyree Kill out there, which got him some one-on-one matchups to get vertical. They were able to manufacture plates in which... Hill and Kelsey had one-on-one matchups underneath. Like they did a really good job. Now the stats don't show it, but when you add in like five drops, three other plays in which the receivers ran awful routes, like missing a good 150 yards and a touchdown or two, just based on non-Patrick Mahomes mistakes. And at some point in time, that will come back down. Like this team won't have that many bad blatant drops for the entire year. So I do think this game was a step in the right direction. I do think Combining that with that final drive, I actually felt good about where the Chiefs were going with their performance from Mahomes and the scheme. My issue comes in with what Patrick Mahomes said today. I don't <laughs> like that he said a singular third down throw to Tyreek Hill on the final drive of that game. Let him know that he still has it. That bothers me. I don't like to hear him say he had to be reminded at that point in time that he still has it. That's not great. And I've been saying it for weeks. I don't think he's been throwing confidently. He pretty much just confirmed it. Hopefully this is true. Hopefully he didn't just get reminded he still has it. But now we have to put confidence issues right up at the top of the list every single week. If the Chiefs start slow, what does that mean for his confidence? Where does he go from there? Is he going to all of a sudden revert back to the unconfident player we've seen the past few weeks? I don't know. So that does make me really nervous leading into this game. 
I mean, it kind of latches up with some of the stuff that we've seen, you know, when they're in their first 15 and they're moving the ball really well. And then they have some of those turnovers at the end of those early drives. Now, all of a sudden you, you see them pressing and it pressing immediately. Like it, it's not, it, the confidence just falls off. Now it was really good to see him get really excited after that throw. Like you could tell that was angst. That was a lot of emotion that he put into that throw. He needed that. And I get it. So from that standpoint, I understand what he's saying. He needed that to feel like he could again. But when you've got a quarterback that's that good, you don't want him to have that in the back of his head. You don't want him to be overthinking things because that's what it looks like right now with this offense, that he's overthinking everything. It's not just get back to the top of the drop, fire. It's, okay, where are my tackles? Am I dropping too deep? Can I escape out the front of the pocket? Is this Probably guy going to be just throw it open? in the flat right now. Can, just just can dump I, it. Yeah, can it's I, can I check down. it down right now? Is that guy going to pop it up into the air and have another intercept? Like, there's, you can almost see the gears turning, and it's not quite as loose. It's not quite as free. And I don't mean from the standpoint of, chucking balls into triple coverage or anything like that. I just mean the way that we've seen Mahomes play in the past with confidence, with, you know, with some swagger to him, like the confidence that he's going to be able to fit that ball in there, that everything he does is going to work because frankly, it still will. We got to see glimpses of it. It still will, but are we going to see it this week? Is he going to be able to build off of it? They need it this week. They need to put that on a divisional opponent, especially one that hung with them a little bit last year. They really want to put a good performance on him, and he really needs it for his own confidence. We talked about it a lot, and I think I talked about it during the I think the, the show early in the week. It's that, that keep firing mantra as being part of the DNA of this offense for the last four years, that Andy Reid always you know, preaches it, and so does Patrick Mahomes, and that doesn't seem to be something that is actually happening happening consistently he's not as confident delivering the football and I think you, every every admittance that you kind of saw here and the the just expletive laden frustration fist pump that you saw at the end of that game <laughs> like was that what woke him up you wonder and you saw like that's the standing image of that game that could be the standing image of this season if we see him go out this week and continue to build on that final drive and whew, that would be fun it's just fun to know that he kind of reminded himself that he's patrick freaking mahomes and that's what i'm excited about and hopefully that continues uh and hopefully he's attacking the linebackers in coverage right maddie that's where the raiders have been by far the worst in coverage so far they're just starting a little bit yeah they're, I, but it's not the raiders linebacker coverage has been bad for years and like the whole point of bringing in Corey Littleton was to get this good coverage linebacker because that's what he was for the Rams. He has not been that through two years for Las Vegas. Right. He's their most targeted player. Denzel Perryman's actually kind of passed him in terms of playing the most snaps. So Denzel Perryman, of all people, is getting coverage snaps over Corey <laughs> Littleton at times. Like you got to think about that. Neither one of them are good in coverage. You can lump Jonathan Aberman there too. That's the three most targeted players for the Las Vegas Raiders defense right now. And it makes sense. They're all linebackers. Jonathan Abrams is kind of athletic, but the other guys aren't super athletic. They can be taken advantage of in space with routes. Like this is a good matchup for a Travis Kelsey. This is a good matchup for 
Byron Pringle when you're working him out of the slot, Tyreek Hill when you get him in there. This is a matchup the Chiefs should be able to exploit. The problem is we've seen a couple of these matchups come and go, and the Chiefs haven't been able to find a great way to do it. Teams have found success pressing Kelsey at the line of scrimmage with these bad coverage players. They just literally walk up to him and grab him. Penalties don't get called. There's help defenders over the top, so they're not afraid to get beat. The Chiefs got to be a little bit more creative, kind of like they were against Green Bay, but force these linebackers to actually run with some of these players because they've proven time and time again they simply can't do it without Damon Arnett. Not that he's been good, but that does take another player off the outside spot. So like there is some other weaknesses, but you really should attack this team essentially how you would attack the Chiefs, right up the middle, throwing at these linebackers, try to make them play in space as much as possible. And if the Chiefs can continue what they did against the Packers, I do think they'd have a big game that way. And you might see a little more cover three than what you've seen out of teams that have played the Chiefs so far. I say might because there's been a lot of teams that have come in with very strong tendencies that just completely abolished them for, you know, some too high stuff. But if they see a lot more cover three, might be some more static stuff underneath from those linebackers, run some play action drags with guys out of the slot. Have have that uh, have Travis Kelsey try and carry him up the seam a little bit. Force those guys to run with these superior athletes that the Chiefs will have in those positions. We've seen sometimes, you know, especially out of a Gus Bradley defense, sometimes playing that three deep shell and giving space, knowing that Tyreek Hill has the ability to go vertical and you've got to keep a lid on top of it. That gives some space underneath, especially even more so than you would expect between the linebackers and the safeties. That is prime position to attack this team just like his prime position for you know too high stuff as well but you know it doesn't really matter you all thought that i was going to it just like a macadoodle should come to kansas city that's right i started grabbing it that's called that's called a play action pass that right there and so just like a play action pass you need to get it in the hands of your best players so Middle of the field, wide open, Travis Kelsey. I see some spots in Kansas City that are wide open that need a best player, a liquor store that's your best player to fit right in. Just slide right in there. Get the best service, best prices, best selection. Get the people of Kansas City what they need. So if you're a franchisee, get a hold of Roger. Info at MacAdoodles.com. Listen, you, you want to beat the rush here. Like, I've been talking about it for months now. These things take a little time. You need to get out in front of it. Get out there. Be the one. Because the first one, guess what, guys? That's going to do a ton of business. So get it in there just like you want Travis Kelsey in the middle of the field off a play action pass. Still waiting to confirm if McAdoodles will change the face of all the Kansas City locations to Craig. All right. Uh, So, look. Max Crosby. I know we probably don't have the best receipts around here. <laughs> Pretty good pass rusher. And honestly, you know, this Raiders pass rush has some juice a little bit uh, off the edge. It's going to be interesting to see if the Chiefs can hold up against a, a good a, an imposing challenge, especially with Max Crosby, Maddie. Yeah, the Raiders pass rush has been phenomenal this year. And you can even add in, I think the biggest question will be the tackles on the edge, but you can add in Solomon Thomas as an interior rusher. He's been actually pretty good for the Raiders. So that's a good going to be a good test, especially when you get him matched up with Trey Smith, 
who has had his worst game against the quicker kind of defensive end, defensive tackle hybrids as a pass rusher. So like you can lump him in there, but this pass rush has been dominant. Like Max Crosby and Yannick and Gakwe have taken over games almost single-handedly. I mean, just those two guys as a duo. And unfortunately, this is a really bad matchup for the Chiefs offensive tackles. Orlando Brown Jr. doesn't do great with speed. He has to get his hands on guys. You know who feasts on that? Yannick Ngakwe. Super quick, very fast, has arguably the best cross chop in all of football. You can't shoot your hands early on a guy faster than you if they're going to get knocked down, and that's what he's really good at. So this could be a rough one for Orlando Brown Jr. if he's not playing his best football. Then on the other side, I don't know who's going to play right tackle yet, but Max Crosby is elite at taking play. I don't know if he has any elite pass rush traits straight up. I don't see it. I still just see a guy who's excellent at taking advantage of mistakes. If you're a little late out of your set, he beats you deep. If you overset, he's got a good inside counter. He's just not elite at any one thing, but he takes advantage of mistakes really well. Andrew Wiley, Lucas Niang, even Mike Rimmers a little bit will make plenty of mistakes. And he's been so good at catching offensive tackles in them this year that this could look a little bit closer to the Tennessee Titans game than the Green Bay Packers game in terms of the pocket. So Mahomes will have to get the ball out a little quick. He might have to actually step up into the pocket and be comfortable there. This is a game where his pocket presence, his pocket comfortability is going to be tested, I think, because those defensive ends are going to win plenty of reps around the outside. Yeah, the... The Las Vegas Raiders have the lowest blitz percentage in the league. They only blitz around 13% of the time. And it makes sense because they're sixth in pressure rate with just rushing four. I mean, these guys have gotten home really, really well. When they let Maurice Hurst go earlier this offseason, I wondered who was going to step up and really own the pass rush for him. Well, the answer is everybody. Everybody's <laughs> done a great job. Even that second tier of guys where you've got, you know, Clell and Farrell and you've got, you know, uh, he's slipping my mind. Who uh, the, the, oh my goodness, Carl Nassib, Carl Nassib, where you've got those, him behind there. That's a good rotation as well. Those guys are still quality enough pass rushers that can give those elite guys. Yeah, yes, I'm throwing Max Crosby in there right now because he is really taking advantage of everybody he's he's beaten up on right now. You can give those elite guys a breather and still not fall off too terribly much. So yeah, some of the things that we've seen this season, teams rushing four, flooding in coverage, making the Chiefs receivers beat lots of guys in coverage. Expect to see that this week because the Raiders are going to rush for all day long and they're probably going to get home plenty while rushing four two. So these guys, this offensive line, once again, I say it every week, has a big test in front of them with the defensive line in front of them on Sunday. Well, and that's one of the things, you know, we we talk about how, you know, teams don't don't blitz Patrick Mahomes. So this is kind of playing into the identity, you know, the identity of the Raiders and how they operate kind of plays into the identity of this team or how how to how to how to play this team and how to play Patrick Mahomes, you know, rushing for it. One thing I do want to say is like, you know, like there I think there was some issues here and there, you know, with Mahomes. I'm not trying to say he played a perfect game. I think one thing, I think he did a pretty good job operating the pocket versus the week prior. And so like, mm -hmm. if there are small incremental steps that you're, you're looking for and you're looking for him to kind of get back on track, you know, in a lot of different areas, navigated the pocket, I think pretty well. So hopefully that continues. And look, there, I, I, you know, I, Kenny Clark in the, in the interior would have, he would have been a, he would have been a nice addition there for, from the interior pass rush, but 
I mean, Rashawn Gary is a, a good player too. So like, mm-hmm. it wasn't like they were dealing with slouches off the edge, a little different kind of player too, for sure though. But yeah, the, I think the tackles and then the trust is a really good point, Maddie. I think, you know, trusting along that interior and continue to improve and work towards navigating that pocket is going to be really crucial for this game, especially if Andrew Wiley's the guy out there, at right? Tackle. The, the, okay. Might be Prince time. Hey, mm-hmm. I, Which, I, I do mean, not want to see him take his first NFL snaps against Matt Cros- Max Crosby the way he's playing right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's fair. Uh, all right, players to watch on the offensive side of the football. Who you got, Craig? This one's easy for me. Travis Kelsey. Um, this is the prime matchup. Uh, he's going to see Jonathan Abram rotating down as a safety. Jonathan Abram likes to play in the box a lot. He's going to see that linebacking core that we talked about a lot in coverage. These aren't the types of guys that have been able to take away Travis Kelsey in the past. Obviously he's, you know, he's dealing with, he's banged up. I, I think we can all see that he's banged up. We need to get to the bye <laughs> so that Travis Kelsey could feel yeah. better, please. But, He's a better player than we saw last week with the drops. I expect we are going to see a focus on getting Travis Kelsey the ball, taking advantage of that second level of the defense when those guys rotate down. So I'm expecting a big game out of Travis Kelsey. That'll help get the ball out quicker too. just give Patrick Mahomes confidence, the ability to rely on a guy again that he hasn't had in the past couple of weeks. In Kelsey's last six games against the Raiders, he's gone over 100 yards four times and has five touchdowns. So, yeah, mm-hmm. this is a, probably a good matchup for him, especially given their woes at linebacker. I'm going to attack the same area of the field, though. I'm going to go with the guy that's been getting more and more snaps as the year's gone along. Seems like he's getting more trust. I'm going to go with Byron Pringle. I think the Chiefs are going to need another player to kind of step up. You're always going to need a third receiver, a third weapon in the passing game to start doing something, you know, OBJ, come on to Kansas City, please. But uh, until then, McCool Hardman is just not, it's just not, it's not working out. It's not. He makes too many mental errors. He makes too many concentration errors. And even what he does well, he's not doing that particular well right now. So it's got to be someone else. You've seen in years past to Marcus Robinson, McCole Hardman, these other receivers, not Tyreek Hill receivers, have had big games versus the Raiders. They've caught long touchdowns. The Raiders kind of seem to lose focus over some of these other guys while paying so much attention to Hill and Kelsey. I think Pringle, who's been operating a ton out of the slot, might be able to find himself get loose a couple times in this game, be that third guy for this particular game the Chiefs need. I really want to invoke Patrick LeVon Mahomes today. Please, I'm going to do it. Look, I, 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 we talked a little bit about it at the top of the show, and I just, I think it bears repeating because I think this is, I think this is a, I think this is a turning point for this team. I think this is a very defining game for this team, and I think they need the best player in the world to start acting like the best player in the world. And it seems like something flipped that letting out that frustration. There was so much emotion behind that moment. I don't want to look too far into narrative as much as on field because on field, obviously, there's still some stuff to work through. But I think there was, I think he, I think he was better than, I, I think we've talked about this a lot. I think he was better than, you know, maybe some of the narratives out there were. The statistics didn't look great, but I think there is growth and in, 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 in steps towards being the guy we know he's capable of. And it does seem like there is some error, you know, some confidence issues at times on the field. If some of those got fixed with that scream of excitement, converting that third and 10 to Tyree Kill to ice a game to win a game, to get that feeling of winning a game for the second straight week. If that's the start of something special, 
this could be a really fun end of the season. And I think that's that this that this is a defining opportunity for him to go out and, and, and change the narrative of this season and get this team back on track. And it's going to start with him. It was always going to start with him. It will always start with him for the rest of his time in Kansas City. But I really want to see it on Sunday on national television against a, the biggest test of their season in this team it, 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 with, with all the failures that this team has had against winning records and teams with winning records. This is a massive, massive test because we're running out of tests. So go out, be Patrick LeVon Mahomes, be the best player in the world. Let's get this thing back on track. All right, let's talk about the best unit on this football team, the it's defense. About time. Special teams. <laughs> oh. We oh, saved yeah. them. Well. <laughs> nope. Still. Nope. Mm-mm. Refuse. Big uh, Tommy T. Yeah, Shout that's out Harrison uh, Butker. Tommy Townsend, Harrison Butker. Good at football. Now let's move on to defense. Segment over. Uh, Craig, some very interesting observations. We were talking pre-show, and you know you saw that you saw some of the you know Derek Carr's willingness to challenge down the field. Probably some of the burning memories of Chiefs fans, I think, that have caught (laughs) clips of the Raiders in some of their better performances is him chucking down the field. Uh, You know, it wasn't just Henry Ruggs, and that you know that tragedy has obviously changed some things. Brian Edwards was down the field. Uh, Darren Waller was was getting up the field too some so uh, but you've kind of seen a, you've kind of seen some offensive shifts here yeah since uh, since John Gruden was fired quit however that was all handled but since John Gruden has moved on the Raiders have played three games now before John Gruden left Derek Carr led the league in intended air yards. So the games that you saw against the chiefs last year, where they were just going vertical over and over and over, that was how they started this year. And it was Henry Ruggs and it was Darren Waller and it was Brian Edwards. Like it was everybody. Everybody was getting vertical. Then John Gruden left. They played a game against the Broncos where there were some blown coverages and some 50, 50 balls and his intended air yards were good again, but it wasn't the same offense. It was a lot more horizontal. The next two games, and therefore the last two that they played against the Eagles and the Giants, Derek Carr has been in the bottom three in intended air yards in the league for that week. Five intended air yards against the Philadelphia Eagles and 6.2 against the New York, New York Giants. So you're a Chiefs fan and you're trying to keep that in perspective. All this time when we're sitting here talking about Mahomes is throwing short. Why is he throwing short so often? Last week was 8.9. The two weeks before that were 7.4 and 7.2. So the short offense for the Chiefs as of late is still much longer than what the Raiders have been doing. Everything is so horizontal. Everything is so spread out along the line of scrimmage. It's a lot of check downs. It's a lot of short passes to the flat. It's a lot of stuff that we've seen some teams be successful with against the Chiefs, but those teams also had the vertical threat that made the Chiefs have to back off a little bit. This may be a situation where the Chiefs defense gets to play more downhill. Now, obviously, you know, Darren Waller, Brian Edwards, still there, still going to be a threat. And, you know, you got to keep an eye on Darren Waller. Obviously, please don't put Dan Sorensen on him. You got to keep an eye on Darren Waller. So I really want to see what this Raiders offense looks like because for the past two weeks, it has been just, it's reverted into sort of a turtle 
state because they just aren't throwing the ball downfield anymore. Are they rope-a-doping the Chiefs a little bit? Are they rope-a-doping some of the teams that they're playing like we saw them do last year? Or is this what it is without Gruden now? Well, I do think that Henry Ruggs, just the loss of Henry Ruggs has had a huge impact. I know that they stopped throwing it deep without him while he was still playing. Like he was still playing when they started to dial it back. But if you look on the air, Henry Ruggs has six catches that have gone over 20 yards in the air. Every other Raiders receiver and tight end combined, five total. Five. The only other receiver with more than one catch that has gone over 20 yards is Hunter Renfro. And he still gets wow. 70% of his targets are under 10 yards. Oh, so yeah. he just has escaped deep. So they have no vertical passing game. They have absolutely none right now. Waller, one catch over 20. Brian Edwards, one catch over 20 yards. Even if you dial it back to the intermediate, the 10 to 20, the only area of the field they're attacking with any form of success is the middle of the field. Darren Waller, that's where all of his success in. Brian Edwards, he runs into the middle of the field a ton. That's where all of his success is. Hunter Renfro. Anything beyond 10 yards is the middle of the field. Derek Carr's not pushing it deep anymore. He's not pushing it outside the numbers beyond 10 yards. Everything really is short. There is not a vertical element to this game right now. The caveat, I don't know if Deshaun Jackson is going to play this game. I have no idea. Right. I do know he's practicing. He does at least provide a speed element. I doubt you would lose the game to a guy that just got added as a defense, but it's just that's something to keep an eye on because as of right now, they just have nothing downfield. You clog the middle of the field with a safety rolling down, then you just play everything underneath. You rally to the football underneath. There's not too much to be worried about vertically at this point in time. Uh, Rich Bisacci, uh, the interim head coach for the Las Vegas Raiders, described Deshaun Jackson, just Deshaun Jackson is fast uh, in today's press conference. So, so did Andy Reid. So, oh, okay. huh. Yeah. Well, so there's there's at least that. So uh, maybe maybe we do see maybe we do see a little bit of uh, Deshaun Jackson, and maybe he can generate an explosive play or two here that could really impact that game for sure. Another guy that could impact the game is apparently the the vertical threat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wild, huh? For the uh, for the Las Vegas Raiders, Hunter Renfro, uh, a, a a beast in crucial downs in crucial areas of the field he's got this nasty little i don't know we call it a lasso route a whip route mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it uh it's the hunter renfro route for all i'm can for all for all for what i'm considered and hey credit to him because that accountant can run some routes in the slot <laughs> yeah he he's craig's age he's savvy listen you gotta be wily when, when you lose your athleticism a little bit you gotta be wily no that's not fair to hunter renfro he's he looks great. He really does look great. And Derek Carr looks his way when he's in those gotta-have-it downs. We saw the Chiefs get into a lot of third and medium situations against the Green Bay Packers this past weekend. I would expect that with Josh Jacobs to, you know, he he he's a good running back. They're they're gonna they're gonna earn some chunk yardage on first down. If the Chiefs can get into some of those third and mediums, the guy they gotta watch out for is Hunter Renfro. You know, he does a lot of, like Kent said, those little lasso routes fakes outside or fakes inside, cuts back inside, you know, kind of a double move there. He also gets vertical by by selling that he's going to break off into a dig or an out route and gets the receiver to kind of break or the receiver that gets a quarterback to break down. Then he goes vertical again on a double move. He's just very good at those slight movements, those, those shoulders, those hip movements, the things like that 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 cornerbacks typically key off of he's really really good at leveraging those against him 
We saw last week Lejarius Sneed a couple times when he was lined up pressing Devontae Adams, struggled with Devontae Adams' releases. Who hasn't, first of all? You know, <laughs> Devontae Adams, elite at all of that. But he was able to, you know, sort of bail, make up for it, catch up to Devontae Adams, and be able to stay in phase with him. The problem's going to be if you know, Legereus Need misses on the release for a guy like Hunter Renfro. He's going to be bailing, trying to catch up, and Hunter Renfro may just throw him completely off with that second move, with that whip back around. We will see. He's got to have his head on a swivel. You can't miss at the line of scrimmage with Hunter Renfro because then you're chasing, and that's where he's going to eat you alive, even more so than some of those other situations. So I'm looking for him in those got-to-have-it situations, just like Derek Carr does, like, all the time and almost every time they're in it he's looking to hunter renfro first you got to take him away whether however that may be you know sit on the flat whatever it is you got to take him away hunter renfro's catch percentage when targeted this year is darn near 80 percent and he's been targeted 57 times that's ridiculous. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is absolutely insane. I don't know if Legarius Sneed is going to play 100% of this game or not. That's, I think, a big loss for the Chiefs if he's not. I don't know how you do this. I don't know if you would just push Fenton into the slot. Do you drop Tyron Matthew down more often in the slot to deal with Rinfro? I don't know if they have a guy with the skill set to cover him out of the slot. And that includes Sneed. I don't. I think Rinfro is like the nightmare matchup for Sneed in the slot. That's mm-hmm. not his game. The quick change of direction yeah. stuff. So. I think he is a really bad matchup for the Chiefs. Like I said, the good news is he mostly operates over the middle of the field. You can try to funnel him to help just play hard leverage, play hard outside leverage, force him into the middle. Don't fall for the double move stuff. Don't let him get outside of you because that's where he can turn a five-yard gain into a 12-yard gain because you get beat. So just play your leverage, play sound. But if Steve can't play... Who do you guys want to see in the slot this week? Like, just quickly, who do you want to see try to cover Hunter Renfro? Oh my! I, I'll put I'll put Fenton there, and I'm gonna I'm gonna have him press. I'm gonna have him play as physical as he possibly can be. Get grabby for all I care. You Halo know, tech, I, it, let's go. Yeah. Hey, yeah. yeah. It's I, I'm fine it's with our that. turn and to then, Halo somebody. Yeah, <laughs> and then it's probably Mike Hughes on the outside, which I don't love. But you know, you got you got to compromise somewhere if you're moving Rashad Fenton inside. All right, so fun fact for you, fellas. Uh, uh, Hunter Renfro, last uh, last season, one catch, 42 yards uh, in the first game in the win against uh, against the uh, Chiefs where they drove the bus around the stadium. Uh, and then two catches for 37 yards. So uh, that's I find that extremely interesting. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see if the Chiefs are able to kind of keep him corralled. Uh, we'll see if they can reduce the explosive pa- pass plays of Hunter Renfro. Well, Honestly, it's, it only, makes... he, it's only been three attempts and he's caught two of them. And funny, very Hunter Renfro the average is 24 yards. So the ball has to travel over 20 yards in the air, and still the average is 24 yards. So, yeah, he, know, gets like, just... he, gets, he gets tracked down at 24, catches his at 20, and then just gets flown but forward he does catch them but he catches them he's the only one with over with over one like darren waller everybody thinks is a super athletic vertical tight end and he is don't get me wrong he but he's only got he's like one for six on the year on passes over 20 yards like wow. hunter Renfro's the only the next most catches over 20 yards for the raiders beyond henry rucks the one i'm surprised about is brian edwards i thought he i thought he was getting a little bit more vertical than that on some catches i thought he'd made targets just play. no catches one hmm 
interesting. You know what else is interesting? The Chiefs defensive line, because boy, yeah. the narratives and the storylines about this front are getting more and more interesting by the day. Because Frank Clark's good at football. Wow. Melvin Ingram's in the mix. Chris mm-hmm. Jones kicking inside a lot more. A little mojo up front with this pass rush, Maddie. There is. And um, the Raiders offensive line is about the polar opposite of their defensive line. They are bad. They are very, very, very bad. Their first round pick started the first half of the year at right tackle. He has now been moved to guard because they had injuries, but he was also really bad at tackle. He's not any better at guard, by the way, these first couple games. The right side of their offensive line is bolstered by Alex Leatherwood and Brandon Parker. Neither are good. Their left guard um, is, I forget, one uh, a kid out of Clemson, John Simpson, maybe. Yep. Yeah, I'm probably wrong on this name. He's playing left guard. This offensive line's bad. Chris Jones on the interior should eat these guys alive. His speed against some of these interior, against Leatherwood versus Simpson, should destroy them. It doesn't matter who you put over Brandon Parker, whether it's Ingram, Mike Dana, even Frank Clark. They should all have big games. The only offensive lineman they have that I think can even remotely compete with the talent at the way the Chiefs defensive line's playing is Colton Miller on the left side. And even he still does struggle with power some. I could see a Melvin Ingram. I could see a Frank Clark getting him once or twice in this game. If you make Derek Carr feel pressured, the moment Derek Carr feels any level of pressure, this man turtles up faster than Alex Smith ever did in his time with the Kansas City Chiefs. He is the easiest to rattle quarterback in the NFL, bar none, and this offensive line in front of him does him no favors. Yeah, well, and this was a strength last year for the for the Raiders, and they got cute, and they tried to do some, you know, they, they moved on from Rodney Hudson without really any financial need to um richie incognito i believe is out for the year this team this fell apart up front like just absolutely fell apart on purpose and it feels like yeah it feels like a a hint of of intentionality because like they were like yeah we don't need good football players we have you know andre james uh so yeah this i i do think that this like i i have some i have a player to watch later like that's kind of my there's there's (laughs) i have a player to watch later (laughs) We'll get there. Alex but. Leatherwood has given up 33 pressures. 30. Again, but most pressures. of those were while he was still at tackle, correct? He's like, bad at 10 football. quarterback hits. He might ten. be a bigger bust than Damon Arnett. And I just had to get a Damon Arnett joke in there hmm. because he stinks. Well, Craig, he has given up three, five, nine, 15 pressures in four games at right guard. So, okay. Well, it stands to reason that he's, he's been about the same. So, I mean, (laughs) the Raiders have done a little bit better job of protecting Derek Carr over the past two weeks. Probably got a lot to do with the fact that he's getting the ball out quickly and horizontally. Maybe that's why the, maybe that's why the deep shots aren't there. Yeah. So it, it, you know, they they haven't given up a, a ton of pressures by comparison. I mean, De- Derek Carr was getting sacked relentlessly earlier on in this season. You know, again, longer dropbacks, things like that. Just one sack over the past two weeks against the Philadelphia Eagles, the New York Giants. Chiefs just got done playing those two defensive fronts. You know that they're good. They, they've got some good pieces on both defensive lines. Neither one of them was able to really affect Derek Carr in the way that he was earlier on in the season. However, Melvin Ingram, 
My goodness, Melvin Ingram is a Raider killer. I don't know if you guys know this, but <laughs> Melvin Ingram has 10 sacks in his career against the Raiders in 16 games. 10 sacks. He's also got nine tackles for loss and 19 quarterback hits. That's silly. Like this, this man lives to beat up on this team. And now he's going to line up against, you know, opposite of Frank Clark, a man who is playing the best that he has coming into any Raiders game that he has played in his career in Kansas City. Everybody remembers him beating up on Colton Miller early on, you know, but when he was in Seattle. Everybody saw the clip because we all posted it. I posted it. It was great. He, he dominated Colton Miller. He handed his ass to him with power. We haven't seen that Frank Clark since then. He's either been hurt, dealing with digestive issues, whatever the case may be, he's not been the same player. He's on damn fire right now. And so what we're going to see is the best version of Frank Clark since that 2018 matchup. There is reason to believe that he can win against Colton Miller with power, with speed, with everything that he wants to do. And yeah, opposite him on the other side, Brandon Parker, Watch that man take his first step and tell me that he's not about to get bench pressed into Derek Carr. That man reaches so far back on some of his pass sets. He is going to be so off balance. It's just going to take one power move to plant him backwards. I am excited to watch these defensive ends play against these offensive tackles. And, and Maddie already covered Chris Jones, who's going to dominate on the interior here. I'm giddy. I'm giddy about this defensive line matchup. I'm ready, man. This is this is the most excited I've been about a defensive line matchup all season long. I think we're going to see fireworks out of the Chiefs defensive line this week. Another fun stat, the right side of the Raiders offensive line has combined to give up 30 pressures over the last four weeks. Just Ooh, the two, 30. Right, the right guard and the right tackle alone have given up 30 pressures over the last four weeks. Going to be 40 this week. <laughs> I really enjoyed watching Craig just wax poetic there. Like he was so excited. Also, the Craig defense is, is good. I know <laughs> this is good defense, Craig. Also, you know, I can't believe Craig used rope a dope in this episode too. Like I've not, I don't think I've recovered from that early uh, in the show. Sorry. Um, real quick before I, uh, I we we get to some more stuff, I just wanted to make sure to talk to you guys about. Our dear pals at Rubeck Fine Jewelry, because they are just a wonderful institution in Kansas City. They're the oldest jewelry store in the city, and you, you can't do that if you're not doing something right. And they are. And how at Rubeck is doing things right. He gives you your full attention when you show up. You set an appointment. You get his full attention. He tells you as little or as much as you want to know about the ring buying process, the jewelry making process. He's going to walk you through and educate you on as much as, as you want to know. And then, you know, he's going to sit down with you. You're going to have discussions about your budget. And he's not going to try to push you to extend beyond your budget. He's going to try to find a solution for you that operates within what you want to spend. And that is a really refreshing thing that doesn't happen everywhere in the jewelry buying experience. I know, you know, from I, I know I wish when I was looking to get my ring, I knew uh, about Ruback Fine Jewelry because I would have called Hal. I would have talked to Hal first thing. 
to get, you know, an idea and, and go from there with him. Because I've, you know, I, I tell you what, I trust that man. And I think you should too. So go to Ruback.co and uh, set an appointment with Hal if you're looking to, you know, set up a, you know, a potential engagement ring. If you're looking for any kind of custom jewelry, really, talk to him. You won't regret it. Trust me. All right, so let's talk about the players to watch on the defensive side of the football. Craig, what you got? I'm going with Charvarius Ward here. Low key, the Chiefs cornerbacks have played really well the last two weeks. The group as a whole, when targeted, which has been about 50% of the, the targets that the last two quarterbacks have thrown, have been at the cornerbacks. They've given up 3.1 yards per target. That is exceptional. And it's not like, you know, you're just getting some mix and match there. As far as the defensive success rate goes, Charvarius Ward is the lowest defensive success rate in those two weeks at 70%. So seven out of the 10 throws that quarterbacks throw at him are behind the sticks. They, they don't get to stay ahead of the sticks when throwing at the Chiefs cornerbacks right now. So I'm looking forward to Charvarius Ward, a player who followed around Devontae Adams a little bit last week, following around Darren Waller, a guy that's going to be on the move, a bigger-bodied guy. Charvarius Ward has matched up with Darren Waller in the past, and I thought he did a pretty good job at times. Everybody remembers that first Raiders game. I think Charvarius Ward is playing much better football going into this one, much like Frank Clark, as we talked about earlier. I want to see him matched up against Waller. Because I feel like the Chiefs will trust him, especially if the defensive line is doing their job, will trust him to stay in phase for long enough. And my man got his head around to locate the ball last week. So I'm looking forward to that again. A big, long guy that can win at the catch point against another big, long guy. That That's an interesting matchup. I had him pegged to just kind of be on Brian Edwards, which is a great matchup for Traverius Ward. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's a matchup made in heaven for him. But Darren Waller is a bigger challenge. So that's a good one. I'm going to go with the next most likely guy to be on Darren Waller at times and go with Willie Gay. I think we saw the return of Anthony Hitchens. That's kind of throughout the other linebackers snap counts. Just kind of changed everything for Nick Bolton, for Ben Neiman. You know, whose so snap count didn't change. Willie Gay. I think they have, it even went up a little bit according to defensive guru, Craig Stout. So Willie Gay's kind of role is set in stone. He's going to play a lot. He's going to be the linebacker the Chiefs try to get on the field in these different scenarios. You look at the, the ways he's been used. He's a Sam linebacker on the line of scrimmage at times in base. They have him playing kind of as the will linebacker when they go to nickel. So he's your coverage guy a little bit there. They sugar him over the A-gaps to show pressure. Like He does a lot. If you're going to have a linebacker that gets matched up with Darren Waller, it's absolutely going to be Willie Gay, especially when they're coming out of base. The Raiders like to go with heavier personnel and then still throw the ball vertically. At least that's what they did early in the year. You want a linebacker that's going to run with Darren Waller. It's going to be Willie Gay. I'm excited to keep seeing his snap counts go up and see if he can continue to impact games huge like he has been these last few weeks. There are a few things I like more in this life than watching Derek Carr under pressure. And specifically quick interior pressure. Because that has given him fits for the majority of his career. He does not respond to quick interior pressure. He's not really athletic enough to do it. And he panics. And it's a delight to watch. And Steve Spagnolo knows that too. And has had his number a lot of instances. That'll be interesting. But C. Spagnolo is not my player to watch. Because I think they can get quick interior pressure with Christopher Jones. We talked a little bit about the interior offensive line struggles for this team. We talked about Al Leatherwood 
the rookie first round pick for the Raiders, which is just like, I mean, that's just, that's not something you want to be. Uh, and Chris Jones is a man that can absolutely eviscerate the interior of that offensive line, generate quick pressure, affect this game. And, and you know, that, that could be, that could be a, a massive factor in this, uh, in this game here. All right, really going on a limb this week, Kent, with uh, Patrick Mahomes and Chris Jones as the players people you should know, watch. Look, if we went back and looked at all of our players to watch, we've I, we've gone to the Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill wells very often. Okay, so just give I like me a that you break. dunked on Raiders first round picks and you know, Josh Jacobs, really good football player, really good football player. It could be dangerous. We didn't talk about him at all in that entire matchup. I think there's, a, I think there's probably a good reason we didn't talk about him. But because he's just, he's just, eh. I don't think, I, yeah, like uh, for a first round running back, eh. he's no Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, he's no Jonathan Taylor. Prediction time. All right. Um, divisional games are close, <laughs> they just are. And especially against Every the Raiders. Every game is close. Uh, yeah, well, and every Chiefs game is close. You're absolutely right, Maddie. I, I I do think that the offense is going to look a little bit better. I think the defense is going to look pretty good, but they're not going to have some of the same successes that we saw against Green Bay Packers. Derek Carr's going to be able to check into stuff that he wants. Derek Carr is going to be able to ship protections a lot better than Jordan Love was able to. They're just not going to have the same sort of pressure on Derek Carr all game long. I do think the front four will win enough, though, and I do think the Chiefs offense will do enough without looking completely dominant. So I've actually got a lower scoring game here. Got the Chiefs winning this 24 to 21. I think that the return of the explosive play happens this week for the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs do connect on a couple explosive plays. You know, more, And I guess last week the Chiefs had a handful of plays that went over 20 yards. But I mean, I, actual explosive plays. I think they get some big ones in this game. The unfortunate thing is I think the Raiders' pass rush is really good. I think it's going to give the Chiefs fit. I think the Chiefs are going to have a lot of drives that stall out. Maybe they look promising, but then they kind of stall out because of that pass rush. The good news Chiefs defense is going to do a lot of the same to the Raiders. I think both front fours offensive football outside of some of these big explosive plays. I think I have the Chiefs taking this one 27 to 23. But I'm like, Craig, I think it's going to be a close game. And I think it's going to be the story coming out, despite the score, is going to be about the defenses and not the offenses. I don't think so. <laughs> Classic offensive guy. Uh, you know, I think this is a week that the Chiefs start snapping out of some things. I do think that the, some of the emotional indicators that you saw i think some of the you know the 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 improvement from patrick mahomes i think more things come together this week and yes this is a good pass rush and it's given them fits and you know they've you know they've the, i think they were one of the teams that did a really good with some of the rush paths in the past with mahomes bouncing out of the pocket uh so i do i do think he'll get got a couple times but i do think he's gonna go out and he's gonna make some plays he's gonna make some big plays the chiefs are gonna put five touchdowns on the board uh, I think the Raiders score 30 points, but I think the Chiefs win 35-30. And uh, then we we turn to a pivotal matchup against the Dallas Cowboys. That is going to do it for the KC Laboratory game preview of the Las Vegas Raiders in Vegas. Thank you so much for watching, listening. Uh, be sure to uh, follow us on the KCSN YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. We love you. appreciate you. We'll catch you later. Everybody on the bus.